Amen. So we're in the uh, Epiphany of the Lord series, uh, time of the year, and when we look at and celebrate the times that God reveals himself to us. And um, I'm going to be in the, I think I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to be in the, in the United Methodist Church uh, lectionary reading to process sermon series out of that, which I don't do too often, but this is in 1 Corinthians. We're going to be going through 1 Corinthians 1 through 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 3, 9, which is kind of cool that we're going to be just kind of going through um, some scripture for a little while and, and uh, kind of looking at that. Um, today we're going to begin at the beginning, because that's probably a good place to begin. So our reading is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. If you'll read with me, how about that? That'd be different. You ready? Y'all ready? We can do this. It's on the screen. <laughs> Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother. Awesome. To the church of God in Corinth. To those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. Together with all those everywhere who call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack in any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Greetings, right? This is a greeting. Uh, there's so much in the words that we use when saying hello that we often overlook their complexity. We can tell, for example, when someone is genuinely glad to see us, right? And you can kind of tell when someone is genuinely not glad to see us by the way that they greet us. <clears throat> we know whether we can continue where we left off the last time we were together, whether that last time was yesterday or last week or 10 years ago. You know, you have those people in your life that are just, it's just like that. You know, and, and that's a powerful thing, and you can tell those things, or whether we have to start all over and repair what was broken. When we're summoned to the boss's office or the principal's office, we know whether we're in trouble or, or we're in line for a promotion or recognition. And when we greet our kids, we know whether they're just happy to see us or whether they're awaiting a promised punishment. Any of y'all ever hear, just wait until your father gets home. That was my, one of my moms. It was, just wait until your father gets home. Or it could be the other way, right? We'll sit down and discuss this when your mom gets back. A greeting is often laden. It's filled with more than just the meaning of the words. And the introduction to the first letter to the church at Corinth is filled with meaning. Now, Paul was a Jewish uh, Pharisee of the Pharisees, right? He was a Jewish guy, but he was very familiar with Greek processes. He, the standard for all of his letters, it fits a template um, and I'm not going to go through that whole template, but there's a salutation and, and, and there's a structure to his writings in every letter that he sent. And, and the greeting is really important in all of those. It's not only 
a greeting. It's not just, hey, how's it going? He had something to say. And we could do a whole series on just those first nine verses and certainly do a year on the greetings that he did in every one of his epistles, every one of his letters that he wrote to the different churches. But before we get into too far into that, let's, let's just drop back to what that was. It says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And pay attention to this. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Are you starting to see there's a point? He's, he's already in the very first line of a greeting. He's saying, Paul called, I'm called, to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm not... Not just a follower, I'm called to more than that. By the will of God, it's not my choice. And our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified, talking about them now in Christ Jesus, called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. And then he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. On the one hand, it's, like I said, it's a salutation that's kind of standard Paul. He's, he's, making, he's saying who he is. He's presenting himself. So, so he goes kind of, this is from me, and, and he does identify in different letters. He identifies difference from me and maybe somebody else, and then to you. And he offers grace and peace. But none is exactly the same. And I was going to just ask you to throw out different letters, but then I thought that might take us down a, a path, and y'all want to go home at some point, I'm sure. So, so I, I have the greetings to all his letters, and I want to just point out a couple of them. So this is Romans. This is what he wrote to, when he wrote to Romans. He said, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an, an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you are also called of Jesus Christ, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is his longest uh, salutation. Any ideas? Some of y'all are scholars. Why, why, why that? Had he ever been to Rome? Well, they're Romans, yeah. Well, <laughs> Romans like to talk. Had he ever been to this church? He'd never been there. He didn't know. That. He, he's, he's laying out, when he went to the other churches, he planted those churches. He, he knew them. He was talking to them more specifically. He knew the issues in the churches more specifically. Romans is great doctrinally. I mean, he, he really lays out the doctrine of really the church today in Romans. But this greeting was to a people. He hadn't been there. So he tells them all of these things that are important. He thinks it's important for them to know. Now, he planted the church at Ephesus. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. He knows them. Yeah, there's, you know. This isn't a mystery. He doesn't have to lay out, here's, here's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He had to do that to Rome, but he didn't have to do that to them. Or Philippians, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God, the, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Done. Introduction. 
Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. In God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is in Corinth. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul uses labels to set a tone. Paul called to be an apostle called to be apostle of Christ by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. This may sound like small talk before he really gets to the point, but this is the point. This, he's already there. He's talking to this church. See, the church at Corinth is a church divided. A lot of infighting going on. We can debate what's actually going on. There's a lot, a lot of thoughts and opinions, but we know that there's division, factionalism, and an air of elitism that's undeniable. They, they were off track, and Paul wades in by establishing who he is. This is, you know, this is who I am. He's an apostle. I'm not just a, pal- a traveling preacher off the street. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. At the same time, he doesn't want to play kind of this elitist game with him. He's not just saying Lord of the manor. He doesn't want to do that. He's an apostle, but he's called by God. I didn't call myself to be an apostle. God called me. This is who I have been called to be. It's by the will of my creator. It's by the will of God. So he's flexing some authority, but also talking with using some humility. And it's a lesson that he hopes to return to more than once in this particular letter. And he does. He mentions Sosthenes and his salutation. Y'all did awesome, by the way. I, I, I was just going to see where that went. <laughs> in his salutation, he calls him a brother. Actually calls him our brother. And we don't really know who Sosthenes is, but we've got some, some clues well, there's a reference in 1817 to a synagogue official in Corinth who they, they wanted him to, to do something to Paul, and, and, he, and he didn't, so he got in trouble. Uh, earlier in that particular chap- chapter, there's a guy named Crispus who is called an official of the synagogue, and he became a believer because of Paul. We don't know if Sosthenes is next in line or whether Crispus and Sosthenes are the same person. We're not sure about those things. But Sosthenes is one who became a believer because of Paul. Who was once a, he was once a leader in the Jewish community, community, and he could be a link that Paul wanted to use with the church at Corinth. So he talked about Sosthenes. Remind them of their beginnings. Remind them of the commonality. Remind them of the connection. And then having done that, introduced himself and his brother, he turns to the audience, to the church of God. Whose church? God's church. That is at Corinth. Sanctified. We'll talk about that later in, a, in the spring. Sanctified, called, and together. Those are the words he used to describe his readers and hearers. Sanctified not by their own effort, efforts, by the way, but by Christ Jesus. Called, as he is called, to be saints, to a way of living, to a way of being. That's not the norm in the community. It's to be different. Together with all those who in every place call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, which is bigger than what we see. Do you know we're part of a big church? It's a big church. It's not just Arbor Point. It's not just United Methodist. The Church of Jesus Christ across the world. It's a big church, billions of members. Think if we could get it together. 
hmm, see, this church is bigger than the egos and the differences in Corinth. Church is bigger than our egos and differences, too. Bigger than the egos. And, you know, it's funny. I wrote this stuff a long time ago. <laughs> a lot of this stuff still, still hanging in there and applying. Um, <laughs> but he's gently and pastorally putting them in their place. He's setting a tone. He greets them. Grace and peace, he says. And then he says, I give thanks. I give thanks always to my God. Always to my God because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. So he begins this conversation with them. He identified everyone. He reminds them of their place. He expresses gratitude. This isn't avoidance. He's got some stuff he's going to talk about. He's not softening them up. He's being honest about this. This is an approach. This is a way to, to engage. If I do this, if I come up and I push, what, what's your tendency? Push back, right? See? And that is the tendency, but if I go in with gratitude, and it, I'm really grateful to see you this morning. I'm glad that you're here. You know? Is that more receptive? Can, can you hear that easier than, hey! <laughs> so he's going in with gratitude. He's going in thankful. And, and Paul, Paul was abrasive and grateful all at the same time. He was a, he's an interesting guy. He, you know, he, had, he was very opinionated, but at the... He, he constantly was working on this. So this is, he, was, he didn't always get this right either. If you've read Paul, you know, he wasn't always grateful. He was sometimes abrasive. But I'm telling you, and he, he had this ability to engage both the church and the people in the community. It was amazing. So he used this as a strategy, as an approach, a way to talk to the church at Corinth. It's, it's the life of the follower of Jesus, by the way, is to be grateful you know, yeah, we got, anybody struggling? <laughs> got stuff in your life? Yeah, we got stuff in our lives. But we can still find gratitude in the midst of it. We can still find gratitude in the midst of it. It's a book by Diana Butler Bass. It's called Grateful, The Transformative Power of Giving Thanks. And in it, she makes this claim for what she calls a gratitude gap. She says that we're good at being grateful when things happen to us, but we find it more difficult to let that gratitude shape our common life. That we have this sense of dissatisfaction that plagues us. Like, if I can just have whatever that thing is, then I'll be okay, right? Instead of focusing on what we have, we focus on what we don't. And we find dissatisfaction instead of satisfaction. And Paul argues in his letters often that whatever place we find ourselves to be content, that he is able to be content whether he has a lot, whether he has a little, and that that's part of what we have available to us as followers of Christ, that we can find contentment even in the worst of circumstances because our, happiness, our, our joy is not dependent on those circumstances. Does it mean we'll be happy all the time? No. Not at all. But we can find joy in life through Christ. And he makes that case often. It's a different way of living. He's grateful for the life that they live in Christ. He gives thanks for the faithfulness of a God who is at work in them. And that same God that was at work in the church of Corinth, that same God is at work in you. 
Let that sit for a minute. This God that Paul is talking about is the same God who's here today. How crazy is that? And you know where he dwells? He sent his spirit to dwell in us. That same God who was indwelling the people at Corinth is your God indwelling you, living in us. How crazy is that? You ever think of that? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, you and Albert. I'm waiting for him. That's right. The evidence of this is that the church at Corinth was not lacking, was not lacking any spiritual gift. Now understand, we ain't one of us in this place that, that has them all. But we are not lacking in spiritual giftedness. Take a look around. Take a look around at all of the gifts, that, just the ones, you, there's a bunch you don't know. But take a look around at, at the giftedness of this place, of the people that are here. It's another what if. What if we let God Take us for a ride together. You are not lacking in any spirit. And that's an incredible statement, by the way. <laughs> because we could argue in this letter that Paul, throughout this letter, is arguing against himself. Because he's saying, you know, you, you know he says, you ha you're not lacking, but it looks like you are. Humility is in short supply. Uh, peace isn't happening in your heart. And, you know, there's all this stuff going on at the church at Corinth. But you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. You're lacking in some humility, but you're not lacking in any spiritual gift, you know. Might have a little too much pride going on, but you're not lacking in any spiritual gift. You, you as a body of believers, can move and shape things in a powerful way. Find some gratitude, because that's where we started, right? Grateful for you. Grateful for you. So find that gratitude. Stop being arrogant and start being grateful. Start looking at what you have and let go of what you don't. Let this, this flow of the Holy Spirit move you into new places. So you could argue that when Paul says that, it's like, wait, well, you know, wait, what are you talking about? But if you look again, he says, you are not lacking in any, and it's, which one is he talking up here? All y'all. Yeah, 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 he's not talking. You know, it's not, not you or not just you. He says all y'all. You know, if, if he had any sense, that would have been how they interpreted it. We need a southern Bible. Um, <laughs> Bubba. That's right. The apostle Bubba. 
You're not lacking any spiritual gift. It's a plural you. Paul is writing to the body. He's not just writing to individuals. He later does. He picks on a few folks in a little bit, but he's writing to the body. It's as a body that they will fulfill their calling. It's as a body they're going to find their strength. It's as a body they're going to find this ability to be blameless. It's as a body that they're going to respond to the faithfulness of a God who is faithful. That's the only way where they can respond to the faithfulness of God is if they respond as a body, as the body of believers. I may be lacking in all sorts of spiritual glyphs, but we are not lacking. I am lacking. We are not lacking in them. And Paul argues it's time to reclaim those gifts, reclaim this life, reclaim this mission that you have been given through Christ. And it's not always going to be easy. And Paul's going to point that out in the coming weeks as we move through this, the beginning of this letter. And he, and he makes that point in other places too. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope and glory of God. You want to boast? Boast in the hope and glory of God. Boast in God. That's, that's the place we can boast. We're given permission to boast in the glory of God. Not only so, and this is the hard part. Welcome to the hard part of Christianity, the part we like to avoid as preachers because it's hard. We also glory in our sufferings. What? Hmm. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character gives us hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. We need hope. Anybody? <laughs> I, need, I need hope. I need a daily dose of more hope than I can stand. We've got a world that teaches hopelessness. And <laughs> I need hope. Y'all need hope? Hope is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Y'all need hope? See, the understanding that Paul writes about, and he does it often, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be struggles. Welcome to life. Life is in session. If you're present, you're going to have challenges and struggles. It's the nature of it. But in the middle of all of them, we find that God's love poured into our hearts is present in us through the gift of the Holy Spirit, and hope will not let us down. Who is not lacking? We are not. All y'all? Isn't that what it is? Why do we walk alone so much in our faith? Why do we walk alone? Who is not lacking? All y'all. And yet, what do we do? I'm going to handle this. This is mine. And I'm not saying share with everybody. You know, you find trustworthy people in your life. Don't walk alone. We are not meant to walk alone. Paul writes it. It's all y'all. It's we. It's the body of Christ, the big body. God is with us. Y'all remember that from some season we just came out of? Yeah, Emmanuel, this Advent thing? Did you know that next to Advent, we're going to be doing a series, a church-wide series called God is with us. 
and there will be small groups, and there's going to be all kinds of children's. We got going to have children's stuff and the ministry, and together we're going to look at God is with us. Hear this: you are not lacking. All y'all, you are not lacking. All y'all are not lacking. Now, I'm a little weird. <laughs> Any other Galaxy Quest people? Anybody else? <laughs> Anybody else watch Galaxy Quest? Just me. I'm, just me. I got Bob and nobody else. So y'all aren't going to know this, but I'm going to play it anyway because... I'm weird. <laughs> There's a saying in there that I, I just want us to grab hold of when it comes. Look, this is, this is not, you know, sometimes we have to surrender to some things in our life, but I got to tell you, when it comes to faith, please grab hold of this. Never give up. Never give up. Never surrender. Never surrender. Never give up, 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 never surrender. Oh, shut up. No, never give up, never surrender. Never give up. 